don't know if you've ever been a part of something that you've been a little bit apprehensive about in the beginning, but then it turned out to be great, and the longer it went, the more excited you got. In fact, you couldn't wait to tell everybody about it and have everybody be a part of it. And in essence, we come today to celebrate that for me. This is the one-year anniversary for us in this facility. Isn't that awesome? Let's bring these down just a little bit, the heads. Can we do that? I want to see you guys. I still can't. It's okay. We'll roll anyhow. One-year anniversary. God gave us a vision to start a church here in Medina. However... Satan did his best to discourage us, slow us down, and stop us. He even used the once-in-a-one-hundred-year pandemic to his advantage. But here we are. We are still God's church, and we are intent on being the church. Agree? Awesome. How many of you love Northside Medina? I love being here with you guys every week. I really, really do. Uh, I am full out, 100% behind what God's Spirit's doing in this place through each of you as we continue to go where God plans us to go and touch people's lives all for the purpose of taking them to heaven someday. That's what we're about. Watch this little clip here. Friendship. Giving. Motivating. Portable. Direction. Friendships. Intimate. Listening to church songs in the car. <laughs> Hope. Christ-centered. Uplifting. Excitement. Atmosphere. Perspective. Community. Loving. Family. Faith-filled. Everything. Uh, awesome. I'm so glad that you are here. I'm excited again for what God is going to do through Northside Medina and the lives that are going to be changed. Lives are being changed week in and week out. Here's something that just happened just a couple weeks ago. Watch this. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Vontae and Whitney, stand up. They're over here. Give them guys a hand. Awesome. And they continue to grow and strive to be more like Jesus uh, as each of us are. We often speak of the interactions Jesus had with those 12 disciples that encircled him. 
But there was a wider circle of community around him of faithful disciples. Jesus sent 72 of that wider circle one time on a journey, a service journey, representing him to the region around them. And I think when we look at this in just a moment, we'll get a glimpse of how Jesus looks at what we're doing as his church here, specifically in Medina, as he sent the 72 out. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. Luke writes this, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice in that that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's called God math. The disciples reported to Jesus in faith of how when they put their faith in action and God's power moved and God's spirit moved, the impact that it would have. And that's what happened. When you launch within the church to really be God's church, and we each as believers, through faith, believing in the power of God that it's going to work through us, hold on, hold on. The disciples were pumped up when they came back. Can you imagine the excitement, all 72 of them coming back, sharing what they saw and what they did? They were sent out in twos, and they had a firsthand experience of how the power of God was going to work through them to other people. Our reaction, our movement in this world is all in response to what Jesus did on the cross. Brad shared it well earlier. The church of Jesus Christ is built on his blood, his sacrifice for you and I. And when we share in this world, we are participating in that excitement, in that spirit to be able to touch people's lives for him. And as a result, your name's being written in heaven. Isn't that cool? Your name, my name, and we get to be a part of a team, of a team that delivers a knockout punch to Satan. I love that. There are no names on the back of our jerseys as well let me remember this is the 43rd anniversary this past week of the usa gold olympic hockey team you may not remember that but herb brooks put his team through a grueling workout they had lost a, a match or a hockey meet on the ice but he brought they were physically exhausted he brings them back out on the ice and they begin to skate back and forth. And he drills them and drills them and drills them until they're about to fall over. His whole point, if you watch the movie The Miracle, based on that 1980 USA Olympic team, his whole point of drilling them to the point that they almost passed out was to say this, the name on the front of your jersey is far more important than the name on your back of your jersey. The name on the front of your jersey is far more important than the name on the back of your jersey. In other words, don't get caught up 
as God's church by the size or impact or be discouraged by maybe the lack of results that you might see immediately. Jesus would be clear to say if you're in that court, you're putting your emphasis on the wrong thing. You're totally in the wrong zone. Location or size or service have little to do with the measure of God's impact in this world. Get your perspective right, he would say. Our obedient service is in response to one and only one thing, Jesus on the cross. That's why we serve. And notice when those 72 came back with all the excitement, Jesus didn't squelch that. He saw something else. Don't miss it in that scripture we just read, like a field general from a high vantage point, watching what's going on, he sees the impact in the raging battle that the disciples fight. And there's a direct correlation between what the disciples are doing, the spirit moving through them, and the spiritual transformation that happened in the lives of the people that they impacted. Jesus upped the importance of service by highlighting a reality that the disciples couldn't see. They could see people's lives being affected, but they could not see the knockout punch that was being delivered to Satan. The 72 acted in obedience. Satan was quickly dethroned. And I love the scripture that says, seeing Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You visualize that? Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Everywhere the disciples went, whether it's preaching, teaching, serving, just plain out loving on people, Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning. And the same is true for you and I. When we true, truly choose to be the church, Jesus sees Satan fall like lightning. Jesus sees a knockout punch being delivered every single time. And Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus went on to point out that an even greater reason to celebrate was the fact that he said, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Again, no names on the back of our jerseys. When we as a church are unified to spread the message of Jesus Christ, we stand behind the purpose of the cross, the resurrection, and the fact that Jesus is coming back. Our purpose here, you've heard it again and again and again. It's printed on everything. Love God, serve others, win one. Say it with me. Love God, serve others, win one. Second half of that passage, Luke 10, beginning in verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. Not for anything that we're about. It's for God's pleasure. Jesus breaks out into praise right here. It's so cool because he's full of joy. He's looking at the humility of those who are serving those who are reaching out, and it is making Jesus smile. I think it was one of the greatest memories probably Jesus had of being on this earth, watching his disciples do what he challenged them to do. 
and I think he still smiles. All of those of you that volunteer in some realm here at Northside Medina throughout this past year, please stand. Please stand. Volunteer in some kind of something. You did something. Please stand. Let's give these guys a hand. That's awesome. Go ahead and have a seat. And I'm going to share a principle that doesn't apply here in a few minutes. All right? But we're rolling out the red carpet for you. This isn't necessarily a yay for a one-year anniversary in this place. This is a yay for you. If Joe, you had trouble reading that. I know. It says yay. All right? This is a yay for you. Afterwards, we'll not only celebrate the one-year anniversary, we're going to celebrate you. How many of you know what I mean when I say Hong Kong? All right, most of you do. It's based on the gift of the goose uh, from Ken Blanchard. And I know many of you hate geese, but I like geese. I walked out this morning. Uh, it was cold. It was early. And the first thing I heard, honk, honk, honk. And I watched them fly over. And some 20-some years ago, I started using that as a motivation that as the geese cheer each other on, honk, 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 you and I in God's service cheer each other on. And so this is your honk, honk, honk. It's the gift of the goose. All heaven's cheering for you. All heaven rejoices over you. And Jesus smiles over you. Remember this in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, you be steadfast, immovable. You keep abounding in the work of the Lord because your labor in the Lord is not what? It's not in vain. It's not in vain. And so afterwards, after the service today, we're going to do a few things. One, we got a lot of cake. So do not leave without a piece of cake. All right? If you can't hang for a little bit, Take a piece of cake and run. I don't care. But take a piece of cake and for your neighbor. All right? And for your neighbor. I don't know if you've thought about it much. But when Jesus began his ministry here, he began by inviting guys like Peter, James, and John, and others to help him spread the news of the kingdom. He made a very strategic decision. For the kingdom of God, if it was going to advance, if his message was going to be shared, it was mainly going to be done by the effectiveness of volunteers. He had a lot of options. He could have hired a lot of people. He could have paid a lot of people. But he chose to advance the kingdom of God primarily on the shoulders of volunteers. Just like in the early church. As you read in Acts chapter 2, we realize from the get-go, the early church was designed to be a volunteer-intensive organization, a community of believers that were mostly unpaid that would reach out. Key passage to that is in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. If you look at that, Paul instructs pastors to mobilize everybody in the church. Paul says, train people in the church equip people in the church, envision people in the church into a lifetime of volunteerism and servanthood within the church. Teach them to be the church. 
I got to report to you that most churches in our world, in our society, don't follow that biblical pattern right now. They don't understand what we love to teach here, and that is the understanding of the priesthood of all believers. And it's important that everybody gets this. Howard Snyder, in his book, Liberating the Church, says this. Slowly over the centuries of the slowly over the centuries, the church has ignored the doctrine of the priesthood of believers. What's that mean? Well, first Peter two five says, You also, like living stones, are being built in a spiritual into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now if you go to verse nine. Peter's talking to we as believers. You are a chosen people, Peter says. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his light. Let me explain this priesthood thing a little bit more. In the Old Testament, God appointed certain individuals who were set apart to function as priest for the people of Israel. These individuals would pray on the behalf of the nation. They perform religious duties. They would read and teach the law. They'd offer sacrifices. They'd render service to the temple and to the people they were involved with on behalf of the people. And you can see this through just about every culture throughout history that that kind of function happens. Right now, in the hill tribes of Thailand, I've been there twice, in the hill tribes of Thailand, those people turn to a witch doctor. They literally have an area with a huge pole with all these different types of, types of cloth on it representing satanic ways and principles. But whenever they have, especially when they get sick or when they have a need, they're going straight to the witch doctor. For him to intercede, not necessarily to God, but to intercede on their behalf. It's happened everywhere through history. Someone in that culture has assumed a priestly function. That concept existed in the Old Testament. But then the New Testament came. And Jesus establishes a new covenant. And an amazing thing happens. On the day of Pentecost, everything changes. And it's called the priesthood of believers. The Holy Spirit shows up and everything changes within the church. Everything is adjusted. Now, every believer, every member is equipped by the Holy Spirit to be a priest, to be a servant, to be God's servant. So, you are a priest. That. You are a priest. Isn't that awesome? All right? You are, Martha, you are a priest. You think, well, that doesn't sound right. But you are. To swallow it. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a priest. You know, we set this title up. We set this title up. Your hesitation is the world's title of what a priest is. That's not what a priest is. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Say that with me. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. I 
as a pastor, as a servant of Jesus Christ, am no closer to Jesus Christ than you are. No. The Holy Spirit moves in, and every single one of us are set apart to make a contribution to God's church by teaching, by serving, by singing, by praying, by giving, by counseling, by shepherding, by showing hospitality, by encouraging people in the community. I could go on and on. There are all kinds of ways that you can get involved and serve. Every believer has to realize there is no excuse to stay in the bleachers and not get on the playing field, to not be a part of the team to make a difference. And here's the issue. Our culture has trained us to be professional consumers. It just has. Capitalism encourages the customer to be satisfied with something or go somewhere else. And I think that consumer mentality that is across the United States, especially, has made its way into God's church. And so our attitude when we show up for worship we show up in a place like this is, what's in it for me? Let me see how you can thrill me today. Right? Because everything, everything we join in life, everything we're a part of, every membership that we become a part of, our attitude is, well, how's it going to benefit me? If they have a good children's ministry, if I like the songs they sing, if the chairs are comfortable, if the music's not too loud. Brenda and I have recently started exercising, not like Travis, our drummer, would exercise, but as a person like myself would exercise. But we came apart, we came apart of that gym. I'll be honest, yeah, what's in it for me? (laughs) What are you going to do to benefit me? How can you help me get rid of this tonnage that I'm carrying around, right? How can you make me live and be vitalized so God can use me? When you become a member of a country club or you can become a member of frequent flyer, it's always what's in it for me. Yet the church is so much different than that. You see, the church is is an unusual organization in that it does not primarily exist for the satisfaction of its own members. Let me say that again. The church is unusual. It's an unusual organization in essence that it doesn't primarily exist for the satisfaction of its own members. Say this. It's not about me. It's not about me. Jesus proved it. Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. In the business world and in society, you've heard of the Pareto principle. Basically says 20% of the people do what? 80% of the work. Just a moment ago, I had all the volunteers stand in this room. Here... It's 80% to 20%. Nearly 80% of this room stood that they have served somewhere in this place for the glory of Jesus Christ in the last year. That's cool to me. That's cool. 
And that's what happens when we begin to understand and realize that service, being the church, is not a noun, it's a verb. It's a verb. Church is a verb. Church has a heartbeat. Church is alive. That's you, that's me, when we end up being the church as God desired. Peter talked about it in 1 Peter 4.10. He says, each one should use whatever gift he or she has received from, uh, to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Paul added in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and 6, 4 through 6, he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same what? Lord, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in who? Everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Paul in essence saying there are different kinds of gifts, there are different kinds of service. Nobody is left out. Everybody is included in this. Now Satan loves to step in and discourage us. He loves to do anything to get in our minds to say, here's why you shouldn't do. Here's why you shouldn't get involved. Here's why you shouldn't serve. I mean, you are busy all week long. You deserve one day to just sit. He'll use all kinds of things to get us to turn around. Rick Warren says this. I love this. God gave me a gift, not for me, but for you. God gave you a gift, not for you, but for me. And if I don't use the gifts that God has entrusted to me, then I'm robbing you. And if you don't use the gifts God has blessed you with, then you are cheating me. And so today, not only do we celebrate one year anniversary in this place, not only do we celebrate our volunteers, but we celebrate everyone who's about to get on the team. We celebrate everyone sitting here right now that's thinking, okay, God, how can you use me? How can you plug me in? When you came in this morning on your seat, go ahead and grab that. There was a card. There was a card. And Ken's going to walk up and down here. And I want, we're going to have Chris play for a moment. I'm going to just stop. And I'm going to give you a chance to fill this card out. There are different areas on here that you can get involved with. People often ask, you know, how can I get involved? Okay, here it is. Here's how you can get involved. All these things are listed. Do we have a slide of that or not? Maybe that's good right there. On that card, you'll see it says first impressions, which means once a week someone comes in this building and cleans it. So we don't have paid people to clean this building. Remember, you're a priest. We serve. And so they clean this facility for us to come in every week. Decor for events such as what we're doing today and Christmas and other things we do. Signage. Every single Sunday morning, the signs have to go out. Hospitality. Preparing the coffee. Greeting at the front door. Starting point where we welcome guests as they come each week and try to get them connected. Ushering, what Ken's doing right now, uh, collecting the offering, passing out the communion if someone didn't pick it up. Next gen. Those are the area, you heard, how many heard babies crying? 
Isn't that awesome? All right. I, I hope we get so many babies that we can't hear each other. All right. We can't hear each other. We're caring, hugging on babies, loving on uh, elementary kids and younger. Teenagers would be the youth in high school. Uh, we got Natalie who oversees our babies and our, and our younger ones. Brady, raise your hand. Brady in here. He's in here with the teens. Brady's doing a fantastic job with the teenagers, junior high. They'll plug in. Outreach. Soon every month, we're going to have a food pantry here once a month. Uh, right outside to set up a portable, as Zach said on the screen, portable. We have a portable food pantry out here. Uh, Ray's here to help you understand what that's about today. Homeroom Hope coming up in uh, July, August, where we're going to pass out 200 backpacks, school supplies, gift-free haircuts, eye exams, uh, dental exams. On it goes for people to come here and feed them as well. And other outreach events, worship. Want to be a part of worship? You want to sing up here? You want to do the lights? You want to do the slides? All those things, uh, sound, all those things are there. And if you come up with something that God's saying to you, you want to do, make another blank. <laughs> make another blank. But go ahead, fill this out right now as the music plays. In the lobby, after we dismiss in a few moments from in here, there are tables with signs on them out in the lobby for each of these areas on this card. Uh, just search for that table that you checked, and there'll be someone there representing those areas of ministry uh, to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, if you show up to a table, it doesn't mean I'm signing up, all right? You can ask questions, dig a little bit to see if that's where God's leading you, uh, and then pray about that. Um, but in various spots out in the lobby, you'll see uh, high-top tables, and on one case, a lower table for worship over by the chairs. Um, but each of them are listed. Those are listed there. And then they'll also tell you how in the next couple of months, that entire ministry team is going to come together uh, for encouragement and training and vision casting on what those areas uh, are going to be about. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, Paul writes this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. You notice how many times the word spirit, the spirit is mentioned in that? We operate in and through the Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit is what causes us to move. The Spirit is what causes us to say, okay, use me. The Spirit is our motivation. Verse 3 in that same chapter earlier said that we know we have the Spirit because we say Jesus is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Again, Jesus is Lord. And when you say by your mouth, by your lips, by your heart, if you say that, then the Spirit exists in you. And so maybe a decision you need to make this morning needs to be led by the Spirit and only by the Spirit. Maybe this morning for the very first time you need to say, Jesus is Lord. You never fully said it from the depths of your heart. If that's you, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about that, about what a relationship with Jesus is all about. Or maybe the Spirit is leading you to truly get out of the bleachers and onto the field and do something and realize that the Spirit is in every believer. It's just, are we listening? Are we listening? And I pray this morning that you would listen because I know the Spirit's speaking. I know it. Father, we thank you so much for your church. And God, your church is so much more than just this building. In fact, God, it really has nothing to do with this building. It's all about your people. Those who have truly confessed that you are Lord, you are their Savior. And God, they've allowed the Spirit to begin to move through them. God, wherever we are, every single heart within this place, I pray, God, we leave here determined to be at a different level in our faith walk, in our relationship with Jesus, and how we intend on being the church ourselves. We pray this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.